to bow your heads before I open the word of God. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful day. After so many rainy and gloomy days, you gave us sunshine this morning. And we want to enjoy this day with you because this is a day of rest. Lord, we want to thank you also for this simple story, the story of Jabez, whose name means he will cause pain. And he had a simple prayer, a simple request, and there was a simple answer, because God listens to the earnest, simple prayers and he responds. So help us to study this story again and again. Help us to understand the depth of the faith of this man. And teach us, Lord, how we can follow you. And we can all become prayer warriors. And we want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever wondered about having a bigger house, maybe a bigger car, a bigger piece of land? Have you ever wondered to enlarge, expand your territory? Well, this story is about Jabez, as I mentioned in my prayer, that his name means he will cause pain. And the story is about how we can reverse bad things in life by praying for good things. So let's turn to the story which is found in the Old Testament in the first book of Chronicles. So please turn with me to the book of Chronicles, the first book. In chapter 4, and I'm reading verses 9 and 10. First book of Chronicles, chapter 4, and I'm reading verses 9 and 10. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Simple story, very short. And it's inserted in uh, the genealogy of the tribe of Judah. Not too many of that type of stories we find in the Bible. But it seems to me that even though this is a very short one, it gives us so much hope that we too can pray. 
And if you have an earnest prayer, God will answer. And I believe with all my heart that God answered to your prayers. Because Lily's condition is remarkable. And I just want to add one thing that even the three surgeons and the hospital staff that work around this little girl, his, his or her little life, they were amazed. And they could not really describe how it happened. But they were looking for some bigger mess. And fortunately, by God's grace, it did not touch her brain. And I just want to add to the story, Marta explained it before, that um, the mass could not reach her ear. There was the left ear. And then uh, her eyes are okay. Throat is okay. And uh, the mass would not reach the brain. And there was the the biggest uh, scare that the the brain would be affected, so they have to do a very deep, very delicate part of surgery, neurosurgery, practically to clear up everything which would affect her uh, her brain functions. And so it did not, which is by itself is a great news. But coming back to this story, This man was born as causing pain. And even his name, Jabez, means he will cause pain. And her mother gave him this this name to tell everybody that my son is one of a kind because he is causing pain. Of course, every birth causes pain, of course. We know that. But... It was something probably extraordinary. So this mother wanted everyone to remember that my son is the one who is is going to cause pain to everybody. Can you reverse evil in your life by simply praying? Well, the first thing he was asking, and I preached about, That about a month ago, I believe it was, he said that, oh, that you would bless me indeed. You know, the blessing of God, which is the presence of God, should always come first. Every other request would be a consequence of the blessing. So he was praying for blessing first. But today we study the second part of his prayer, which says, and enlarge my territory or my borders. As I asked before, have you ever prayed for a bigger house, a bigger property, bigger car, maybe a bigger family, a bigger church? What does it mean to enlarge something? Well, his request was something which comes very close, and I should say hand in head, hand with blessings. 
it follows the first one, enlarge my territory or border. And the more you have, the more blessings you would receive. As far as I could research this whole story, it seems to me that this man was asking for three things. Number one is physical blessing. Number two is spiritual blessing. And number four is enlarged spiritual blessings. So let's study these three very shortly because we have about 15 minutes left. Physical blessing. Do you believe that physical blessing comes from God? Even a bigger house could be a blessing from God? Well, let's go back to the very beginning of all the stories of the Bible. To the book of Genesis. If you go to Genesis chapter 12, it starts with promises. At least the first promises given to Abraham. His name was Abraham, which was changed to Abraham. And the Lord made promises to this man. In verse 2 of chapter 12, we find the following. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Physical blessing. Great nation. Great name. And then God is saying in verse 3, And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Expansion of blessing. As this man, Jabez, was asking to enlarge my territory. So God is promising this man, Abraham, that I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I make your name great. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All physical blessing. But if you turn the page, chapter 13, there is a further blessing in verses 14 and then 15. Genesis chapter 13 and then verses 14 and 15. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, where you stand. And God is saying northward, then southward, then eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Isn't that an enlarged blessing? First, God said, I bless you. I make your name great. I make you a great nation. And now he's saying that look around. If you go to the, look to the north or the south or east or west, these lands will all be yours. I will extend your territory. 
And if you go to chapter 15, <clears throat> there is even further blessing. Verse 18. This is Genesis 15 and verse 18. On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Try to imagine this huge territory in the Middle East from the river Nile, from the river of Euphrates. Hundreds of square miles, maybe thousands. Isn't that God expanding the blessing? This is his plan, and if you receive more, don't worry. God is going to give you more. And that's God's plan, to give you more so he could bless Others through you who have more. That's God's principle. That's, that's God's plan. And that's the part of the physical blessing. But there is spiritual blessing as well. Because what can you do with a bigger piece of land? Unless there is spiritual blessing that comes with the physical so the second point is the spiritual blessing, which we will find at least in two places in the Bible. First is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 66. Isaiah 66, and then verse 12. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 12. I'm reading just the first part of this long verse. Verse 12, Isaiah 66. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend, not territory now, something else. I will extend peace to her, meaning Israel, like a river. And the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. God is saying something more than physical. Because he said that I will extend what? Peace. And then glory. So he's saying to his own people that I will give you more than land. More than extended territory. I want to give you spiritual extension. Which is first of all peace. Like a river. And then glory. Like a flowing stream. Peace and joy like a river. Which means fresh water. And of course if you understand this as a spiritual blessing. We need the blessing of the Spirit as refreshing power from the Lord. So we would all feel that we are refreshed every Sabbath. You know, when we go, go home from this place, we should have the experience of refreshment. Of, of refreshing our soul. Ref, refreshing something inside so we would have peace 
and in glory, we could give it, pass it on to others. But there is something more. If you turn a little bit back to Psalms. I like the book of Psalms. This is the longest in all the books of the Bible. 150 are collected, you know, in one book. And one of the best known Psalms is Psalm 23. Sometimes we have an impression that This is a psalm we know by heart. And we don't think too much about this psalm. Sometimes we read it for funerals. But I think it's more than, the purpose is more than just simply reading before a funeral service. And I'm not reading the whole, just a few verses, let's say reading the first three. Psalm 23, this is David's psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. As you see, physical and spiritual are together in this psalm. God is saying that you lead me to still waters or green pastures. The study I, uh, I was really doing brought something to me which wasn't very much of encouragement. Still waters would mean waters of rest or waters of restoration. Green pastures would mean lovely places of fresh, tender grass. Everything is new. Have you ever wondered about the greenness, the greenness of the trees in springtime? Have you ever noticed that this fresh green color would change in a month, in two In three, and when we come to the time of fall, the color is completely different. Even though it's still green, but it's it has a different shade. It's 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 changing. It's turning into kind of yellowish, greenish color, but it's not fresh. And I was so happy for the rain we had in the last few days. I don't know about you, but we did not have to turn on the irrigation system. And the grass was still much more beautiful and greener than it has ever been. Why is that so? Because God is is blessing us through nature. So God is saying, you are like a pastor. Like a shepherd, you are guiding me like a pastor is guiding the sheep. And he is giving me, uh, uh, David is saying, he restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness. That's more than green grass. It's more than 
peaceful waters. He is giving righteousness, restoration for his namesake. And if you jump to the second half of the psalm, it says, verse 5 and 6, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Try to imagine you have your cup. Somebody is giving you apple juice. But accidentally, it just runs over. And your fingers will be very sticky because of the juice. But you can say something that the person was very generous to you because he filled up your cup. And so David is saying, my cup is running over. But it doesn't matter. It comes from God. So that's what we need to think of. The blessing is overflowing. The territory is expanded. You cannot limit the blessing of God. And we should not. We should think more, and then we will receive more. And so he's saying that even in the presence of my enemies, you set a table for me, and you invite me to a meal. You anoint my head, which is great honor. It's a symbol of honor, anointing somebody's head. And then finally he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me in the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These are all spiritual blessings. Goodness, mercy shall follow me. So God is leading what he is following. Isn't that interesting? You think about the time of Israel, the exodus. There were times when that pillar of cloud was in front of them, leading them. But there were times when the cloud went behind them, protecting them. So uh, David is saying that God is leading him. But if he needs protection, God is behind him. So you are surrounded, practically, you are surrounded with all his blessings. And finally, enlarged spiritual blessings. Let's move to the New Testament where we find something very interesting in the book of Colossians. Colossians uh, chapter 4 and then verses 2 to 4. Colossians chapter 4 and then verses 2 to 4. It says, continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. What is this? Extended blessing, extended territory, 
which means that God is opening a door. You know, an open door is also a symbol of new opportunities. And I, I love this picture in the Bible, open door. Of course, we should never uh, mix it up with another picture when Jesus is standing at the door knocking because that's a closed door. That's, that's, a, that's a different symbol. But when it comes to an open door, first of all, we need to pray. And as we know, Jabez was praying for, in quote, an open door to enlarge my territory. And so Paul in the New Testament is saying that pray for us that God would open to us a door for the word. Whenever they want to preach the word, they need to have an open door. And then if we move to a little back to Acts, Acts 14 and then verse 27. Acts chapter 14 and then verse uh, 27. Verse 27 says, Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So what is this? Acts 14 and in verse 27. They had come together they called, they called all the members together because they wanted to give a good report. And the report is about what God had done with them or for them. And that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. You know, this is always a miracle to me. If someone walks in and God opens the door. We can invite people in the church or to the church. But God is the one who is opening the door. Isn't that amazing? We can open the door of this church. But we cannot open the door of faith. The door of faith is in God's hands. And finally, I'd like to read one more ver verse and Bible verse and conclude with this one, which is found in the book of Revelation. I'm not thinking of the door. I mentioned that Jesus was standing at the door and knocking, but there is another door in, uh, in Revelation chapter 3. I'm, I'm reading verses 7 and 8, then 11. Revelation chapter 3 then verses 7 and 8, then 11. It says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, then the interesting part comes, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts. And shuts, and no one opens. 
I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. So what is this? This is the only church to whom Jesus introduces himself in a way that he has the key. So he is the one who opens the door. And he's not only opening the door, but the door will stay open. No one can shut this door. And sometimes we, we are wondering if we have enough strength. Have you ever wondered and asked God to give you more strength? Well, don't worry if you feel you have just a little strength. Because this church had a little strength. But even though they had a little strength, God gave them an open door. And God would help them by keeping the door open. He said, I know you have a little strength, but don't worry. I'll open the door for you, and then no one can shut it. If I open the door, nobody will shut it. Nobody can do that. The only thing God is asking from this church is found in verse 11. <clears throat> verse 11 says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Can you lose your crown? It reminds me of a story that goes back to almost 2,000 years. In the time of persecution, when Christians were lined up for execution, and the captain had last one request. If anyone decides to step out and give up his, her faith. He, she can do it now. Try to imagine, lined up for execution. The last word, he said, this is time for you to decide yes or no. And then one of them stepped out. All of a sudden, one of the soldiers noticed something. That there were crowns above their heads. One crown was hanging in the air. In the place where that person stepped out. And so the soldier said, he told, he told himself, I want to have that crown so he stepped in to be executed with the rest. But he said, I don't want to lose that crown. 
What did Jesus tell this church? Don't lose your crown. A crown is waiting for all of you. And God is going to expand your territory. Just hold fast what you have. So no one can take your crown. And this is my prayer this morning that our God would really listen to our prayers and we could pray like this man, Jabez. You bless me indeed. My name carries a bad reputation. But I want to change that. And God responded. And so this man had a different life. God blessed him. And God enlarged his territory. Would you like to pray for yourselves? Or maybe for others? That God would enlarge your territory or the territory of others or expand your mission opportunities? That's how God is blessing. May the Lord bless his words in our hearts. Amen.